Time to slide on those slippers because you're swimming through the card pool. I'm your host, Stu. And I'm Kyle, and that was flippers, not slippers. Yeah, it took me a couple <laughs> tries, but uh, today we are diving in at part two of our hidden gems section from Dark Ascension. We are indeed, and as Stu mentioned, this is part two of our multi-part series looking at Dark Ascension. You can tune in next time for the money cards, or you can back it on up to see the first part of our hidden gems. We want to check out our previous video, but... Without further ado, let's dive right on into this week's review here. At number five. All right. So here, my card, again, this isn't something, again, again this is the first thing I'm saying. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. This card here is a creature. It is called Midnight Guard. It costs three mana, two generic, a white for a human soldier with a two, three body. And it reads, whenever another creature enters the battlefield, untap Midnight Guard. Now, this isn't a fancy, flashy card. It's a common. Hmm. The only reason I'm really bringing this one up is because it's a card that combos out to go infinite. And it doesn't take much. It honestly just needs a little bit of green mana and a card called Presence of... What? Gond. Gond, yeah. Yeah. It's not God, it's not Bond, it's <laughs> Gond. And that's not even the only thing, Stu. There's actually plenty of cards that do kind of the same thing. I mean, there's also Elemental Mastery if you're playing in red. I have no so idea what that card even does. It basically does the same thing, except you make more Elemental Tokens. Oh, so it's just changing the type of token. Uh, pretty much, yeah. It's, okay. And it's maybe a little more powerful because it makes more than one at a time. But, you know, it's the same basic thing. The idea is you combine this card with usually an aura that involves tapping to make a creature token, and, and there you go. The way how it would stack out like that is you go ahead, you tap it, the token enters. Then since it's entered, it goes ahead and untaps it. Right. So it just keeps going it's inherently you go as far as you want you go infinitely however yep. if you're at a tournament you do not go infinitely because that'll get you disqualified <laughs> however you can also save yourself since since i'm a mathematician it is actually not a number and you have to declare a number so you just say hey that's a theorem i meant to do nine million <laughs> fun fact right there but yeah there's not much more yeah. with this card it's great for token builds depending on whatever build you're going for uh, again, you need an aura, so probably something like Saram would even work with this, if there yeah. is a white aura that flows with this. I don't know. I'd have to look into that. I don't think there truly is, but I knew the one from green, so... The, yeah. You know, there's Boros definitely is red, option, too, yeah. Which actually tokens exist in both of those. Oh, yeah, definitely. But without dwelling too much more on this, it's just something... This was originally printed in this set. This is my only chance to truly talk about it, so I wanted to take that moment. Yeah, no, I didn't realize this was in this set either, and like... I don't know, I, I knew those cards could be comboed with, but I didn't know there was something like a common that made it that easy. It's, so, yeah, it was something severely overlooked. Mm. But uh, moving on to your number five, Kyle. All right, well, my number five is going to be a bit more complicated. It's called Mystic Retrieval. And it's a sorcery and a blue one at that. It costs four to play, and it has a very simple ability here. Return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. Now, we see a ton of cards like this, so I'm going to get to the real value here, which is the fact that it has flashback actually a red cost of flashback, so that's a little bit different, but also note, it's flashback costs three and not four, so the flashback cost is actually less than the actual cost of the card, which is amazing. You don't because, usually see that. No, you really don't. Usually it's harder to flash something back, but the reason that's amazing is because this is, again, one of those cards like Increasing Ambition that we talked about in the last video. I would rather dump this into the grave and play it for flashback. Especially if it's than, less. Right, than, than play it for its actual cost. I mean, it's cool if you can do both, but if you, you have, have this to. early on in the game and you have something that lets you like discard and draw or something like that, feel free to get rid of this thing 
pick up a new card, and cards that get instants and sorceries back are in high demand a lot of the time. They're really, really good. Well, that's why I play green. I can just always get whatever I want back. Well, that, but... that helps. You just don't have as many options. But, but yeah. This is it... a classic staple for Is It, just oh, for the yeah. fact that it's always using sorceries and instants. And this is, in fact, something that can get cheated into play, cost reduction, mm -hmm. totally free, even. Yeah, I love this card so much. And I feel like not enough people use it. Every time I played a Mizzix deck, not even. That is an Izzet deck, but I'm saying Mizzet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that one always uh, ties me up. But this is something that you always see in there because once you think you finish something where it's like, all right, they finally have taken their extra turns or they've cycloniced me and that's mm. out of the way. This now comes back in there and that gives them one option of doing it again, but an additional. It's just... Yeah. I respect the card. I just hate seeing it because I already know I'm just going to be in for another round or two of torture. Yeah, you don't like you don't like those decks. Nah, well, I, I'd rather see something new and flashy as opposed to be like, all right, let's do this round again. All right, let's do it one more time. All right, you're going to do it a third time. Just please, just tell me now. Hey, if it ain't thing. broke, don't fix it. It's, it was broke. But anyway, uh, moving away from your number five into uh, my number four. Yeah, so what is number four Number here? four is something that we typically don't see. Um, it's actually a flip card. It's uh, The first side is called Afflicted Deserter. It costs four mana, three, and a red for a human werewolf with a 3-2 body that has the traditional kind of effect that most werewolves have, which is at the beginning of each upkeep, if no spells are cast last turn, transform this, and which means that you just kind of exile and you flip it over as it comes back into the field, or sorry, you exile it, it comes back onto the field flipped over. And in this case, it would be Werewolf Ransacker, which is a werewolf which is having a 5 4 body that reads, When this creature transforms into this card, you may destroy target artifact. If that artifact is put into the graveyard this way, this card deals 3 damage to artifacts, uh, to the artifact's controller. Mm. Lastly, it also has the traditional werewolf effect, if you're still listening after this entire monologue, is at the beginning of each upkeep, if a player casts two or more spells, transfer it back into the human side. Mm. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> so this is really interesting and cool because I've never really seen too much werewolf play. They've had a werewolf commander come out, but it's kind of well, lackluster. There's they... a reason for that. I'll save my diatribe for later. Oh, we'll get, yeah, we'll, we'll hit that. <laughs> but uh, the reason why I like it, this is something that is continual destruction of a type that we see very commonly thrown throughout magic, artifacts. Now, it isn't just destruction of an artifact, it's artifact and damage. Mm, you don't that, see that very often. Or if you do, it's through some sort of combat or combo or something else altogether. Yeah. This is something that you, if you have nothing that's going on, go ahead, play nothing. You won't be hurt for it because you're going to go ahead and get a creature that's even stronger that they now have to deal with. It is werewolf, so tribes can work with that. So it means while it's flipped, you can get a better board presence. However, on the other side, it is human. So when it isn't a werewolf, you might even get better synergies because humans are a huge tribe as well. Mm. So this is something that just kind of... It doesn't need to take much to get value out of it. And again, you can choose to play nothing and hold back red spot removal like lightning bolt or something like that to go ahead and make it so this thing can activate and then take them out on their turns, which is something you see pretty commonly. Well, the idea of artifact destruction with damage, Tuk Tuk Scrapper is a card that yes. I often debate putting into any deck. It's an ally card, and the idea is when you play it, you destroy an artifact, you do damage equal to the number of allies you control. I debate playing that card even if I'm not playing any other allies, <laughs> just because destroying an artifact plus one damage for four mana and a body seems like a really good deal to me. Yeah. So I always debate about playing that card. Now, 
I did, uh, werewolves. I uh, I want to like werewolves, but I have a lot of issues with them. Right, I won't we'll go away into from all the of werewolf them. part. I know I won't go into all of them, but like I've said before, and I'll say it again, I'm all about consistency. Werewolves are the antithesis of consistent, and as it stands so far, they do not have enough good and I phrase good support to make them a playable tribe. They need werewolf specific tribal they, support, they do. not the specifically, generic stuff. Yeah, specifically things to keep them from transforming as long as possible. Because once they flip into their, the wolf side is inevitably better than the human side, so you want them to stay that way. But anyway, that aside, the issue I have with this one in particular is that his human side literally does nothing, which is really disappointing. I agree. Um, I, well, honestly, I'd say, what is it? The best werewolf is the green one that we've seen printed more recently than well, the others? There's a cut. Well, I don't know. There's Huntmaster of the Fells is a great one, which we'll talk about later. Mayor of Averbrook is probably the best monocolored werewolf. Yeah, but it has mono. The, you can't the kiss best, it. Well, the best ones are the ones with both sides are good. This is not one of this those. This is not truly one of those. I agree with that. But even as a standalone three two for four mana, that isn't great. It it really doesn't pass a vanilla test, even with the flip. No. However, when it does flip five four damage and. You're killing something that's a permanent? I mean, yeah, Artifact that's Destruction. That's great for four mana. And, and, like, it fills a necessary niche in the strategy, you know, a permanent destruction, which it, which is good. But like I said, I, I think this is this is going to be an integral player at some point in whatever werewolf deck ends up being a thing. Yes. But it needs more good, good support desperately. Well, and again, Red also is very keen on destroying artifacts. And again, Red, Red also doesn't have the best form of ramp. It has ritual spells, which can give it mana mm. for a turn, but it's not cranking out lands. It's not tutoring for lands. So if you have something, I don't know, like any deck that just kind of flows onto the field and then peters out, well, what are you getting? This can inherently get you more of that value. This is good at any deck that's running red. Any deck that needs artifact removal. And again, if you like to reserve your hand, like, I don't know, an it deck even likes to hold back and play stuff on an opponent's turn. Hmm. You play this, alright, it'll flip. You'll have a bigger chump blocker, you destroy something of theirs, now you get counter spells too. Yeah. Which, and again, the only thing you have to truly worry about is flipping it back over to get the effect once again. Right. One thing I will say though is that setting commander aside, wolves in 60 card, like casual around the table, it's not competitive probably, but if you're just looking for a good aggro deck to play this with your friends. With 60 card wolves is terrifying. I have played against those decks before. They are they will obliterate you so fast you won't even know what happened. So well, yeah, it's unless pretty good. you're Liam Neeson because we've seen that movie. <laughs> he could take on a whole pack of wolves. Yeah. But anyway, moving away from my wolf into your again blue card. Yes, again, you know me, but it's a good one. <laughs> Number four on my list here is called Secrets of the Dead. And it's an enchantment this time that costs three to cast. Now, whenever you cast a spell from your graveyard, draw a card. Very simple, very straightforward effect. Something that I would actually like to play a lot more, but I haven't so far. But there are plenty of places where you can and should play this. It seems kind of weird whenever you cast a spell from a graveyard. When does that ever happen? Yeah, it seems but, kind of niche. But think about it. I mean, there are a lot of ways you can do that. Flashback being the most obvious one, obviously. And then there are, there's even new abilities that can do this. Retrace from the Shadow Moore block is casting from the graveyard. Jumpstart from Return to, from, or not Return, Guilds of Ravnica is from the graveyard. 
there are more too. The on Earth doesn't really count, so that that let's set yeah, that aside. Yeah, eternalize wouldn't work. Yeah, you, with that. right, exactly. So you, there are some things that absolutely 100% work with this, especially Jumpstart, where it basically pays for itself, which which is awesome. The only commander I could think of is Horde of Notions, because that inherently is a cast for paying yes, skills. Yes, it is. Yeah. But any other? Well, it might be good in a Sadisi deck. You got a lot of zombies that can cast themselves from the graveyard, like Gravecrawler, for example. Gisa and Garoff and Liliana, Untouched by Death, let you right, cast guess, zombies from yeah, the graveyard. Yeah, if you can have a commander that has some sort of form of recursion in the fact that it's casting, yeah. yes, 100%. This wouldn't be good in, uh, what, Cedric. Uh... Not Cedric the Entertainer. Cedrus, the Cedrus, traitor. Yeah. Cedrus, the traitor king. Way different yeah. guy. <laughs> and also, if there there are also storm decks like Cast Dissident Mage. That would work too. Yeah, if you just play a lot of spells from your graveyard, you can draw a bunch of cards with this. Or so. the new Muldrotha, technically, as well. Exactly, yeah. There, there are definitely places that this belongs. I would honestly would like a deck where I do this consistently enough to play it, so... It's good. It's it a good card. can be dead, though, because, again, you need to have that stuff set up. For three mana, this can come out early, and then it, it probably won't get hit. So you probably won't be getting mm. this value until later when you have stuff. Now, again, you have to be set up for that to be working. Otherwise, this, you'd spend three mana to do nothing. Mm. I'd almost rather a Rhystic Study, but, again, comparing anything to Rhystic Study is not easy. It's, it, yeah, well, and I would rather be in control of the thing that is happening, you know. True. It, it just, it's so, but... Basically, it being able work. to draw a card whenever you cast a spell is so good. Well, uh, it's niche. I wouldn't say it's horrible. It's definitely worth an uncommon card placing, and they they gave it that. It's well, there was a whole that was the best the best thing to do in in draft when this was a thing was play the Burning Vengeance Secrets of the Dead deck, where basically you get those two enchantments, load up on all the flashback cards you can, and just wait. It is basically wait people out of the game. That's hilarious. Well, yeah, Burning Vengeance is an enchantment that does two damage whenever you cast something from your graveyard. That was like the best thing to do in in, in Strad draft. <laughs> I did. I I'm drafted so that deck I, many times. I'm glad I wasn't even in this game at that <laughs> point. But anyway, moving on to number three, um, I'm going to stay in the Roundhouse of Black for this one. It is called Fiend of the Shadows. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, it's got that mystical name right there. It costs five mana, three generic, and double black for a vampire wizard with a 3-3 body. Now, this creature has evasion in the form of flying, mm -hmm. and it has two additional effects. The first one being whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, that player exiles a card from his or her hand. You may play that card as long as, this, as it remains exiled. Secondly, sacrifice a human, regenerate this creature. So right mm. here we have forms of evasion, we have forms of protection, and also we have ways of giving you resources, which is always very strong. Mm -hmm. It's five mana, three, three body. I'd like to see it a little bit more bumped up, but it's in tribes that matter. Vampires are able to boost and give counters. Wizards are also able to give forms of evasion yeah. or protection or anything else like that. So it seems kind of practical. Now, again, also, as long as the card's exiled, you can play it. You don't need this creature out there for that, which is very important as well. Because if you go ahead and you hit something that's big, you can't cast it that turn. All right, wait. The only thing is if you hit a land. And I don't know truly if it is if the player chooses the card. So it could yeah, just the be player, a land. Yes, the controller will, will always choose in this case. So... If they, but but since it says play that card, you can play lands that oh, you steal. Oh, all right, it's not cast. I take it back. Right. So yeah, it's it seems interesting in the realm. And again, if you're using a discard deck, I feel like this could be really good because again, they're losing stuff and they're going to try to save what they can if it's targeted discard 
discard and they get the choice as opposed to random discard. Mm -hmm. So if they're holding back the stuff that they want to keep, you're going to get something good from it. Yeah, however, you have to keep in mind, this is not the fun kind of stealing. You actually have to pay for the cost of the card. Cost, like, color and all. But it is exiled, and it's not in the grave. The fact that it's exiled means that they can't do some sort of shenanigans to get it back, and a lot of decks have those shenanigans. Silly shenanigans. Yeah. And the, this, is a, this is absolutely an interesting card, Stu, but it's just, it's just kind of odd. I've never really found a great place where I want to play this because the whole sacrifice to regenerate thing is great in theory but where are you going to play a lot of humans alongside a vampire I don't, I don't really know well, we do that see, doesn't make sense what's the the new spirits that we end up getting now with the oh the afterlife thing afterlife well that's certain that certainly works but again it, tying them together with a theme doesn't really work you might not here. get the human regeneration and that is true you might have a couple cards that are thrown in there that are human and you might get the effects here and there but again, that's not the reason it's in here. It's evasive, it hurts your opponent in more ways than one, and gives you an advantage in more ways than one. I also have another question for you. Would you rather have something like this, or would you rather have, yeah, Night Veil, Spectre, or Thief of Sanity cards that steal from the top of the deck rather than from your hand? Personally, I would choose the other two over this one. I mean, as much as, it, as, much as I like the idea of taking things out of your opponent's hand, in terms of this no. card, at least, they have the control over it. Whereas if you steal from their deck, you have all the there's, control. Uh, there's two scenarios in which one will be more valuable than the other. So if they go ahead and they play Tutor where it goes to the top of the deck, something like a Worldly Tutor or an Enlightened Tutor, mm. they aren't going to want to play that unless they know they can get that to their hand. Right. So you're inherently losing a card in their hand at the moment because you can always get what they want. Right. However, if they don't have something like that, you'd rather ruin their options and lower what they're doing. They're strangling what they can play. And that and that whole play is made into a whole archetype. Discard is a deck structure that exists in oh, Commander totally. and Out. Yeah. So I'd rather it be the hand more often than not. I'd rather exhaust them to top decking. Well, there is also, if they don't have a hand, this card does nothing. So It doesn't do anything, but there's four people playing. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting debate. I personally would not choose this over something like Thief of Sanity, which is just like one of my favorite cards ever now. So Well, you know, we'll leave it up to you guys. We'll do a poll, be right above my head. Thief of Sanity, Fiend of Shadows. Hmm. Yeah, it's, know. it's an interesting debate. Team Stu, Certainly. Team Kyle. Team Kyle, Team Stu. <laughs> So let us know. Funny. We'll run a poll, see how it goes. But moving on to your number three. Yes, so speaking of stealing things, number three on my list is Havengol Lich. This is a blue and black zombie wizard. Costs five to play. Is a 4-4, four, four, not bad. Also, its ability costs only one mana. You can cast target creature card from a graveyard this turn. When you cast that card this turn, Havengol Lich gains all activated abilities of that card until end of turn. How sweet is this? I love this guy. Well, the only thing I don't like is black and blue zombies. I just hate that they get beat up. <laughs> yeah, well, black and blue zombies really is a great deck. It's a very honestly. strong yeah. tribe. It, it really, and wizards. It, it's a zombie oh, wizard. Yeah. You see wizards and zombies in these colors galore. Definitely. And yeah, not Especially only, Demir. Right. Not only is it a relevant tribe, two of them anyway, and heavyweight stats make this thing really good, but this ability is just bonkers. Like, for one mana, yes, you do have to pay the full cost, including color, of the card you're casting from the graveyard. 
I know that. Plus one for the ability. But still, being able to take from anybody's graveyard and just play a creature straight out of the grave is amazing. You could get ETBs with it. You can get a giant powerful creature that can end the game. There's a lot of reasons why this is really good. You know what this would uh, go really well in? What? A Send Triplets deck. Oh, yeah, totally. Because Send Triplets is all about making five-colored mana. Mm. So inherently, you would have the access that you would need to be able to get whatever you want with whatever activate ability, like, in pairs. If you're, yeah, if you're just going with a the theme of, like, taking other people's cards, yeah, certainly, this card is a great one for that. Honestly, the only creature that does this better than this is the Scarab God. But then again, Scarab God is the Scarab it's, God. It's you can't level. get any better than that. Yeah, well, that's a mythic-to-mythic -mythic comparison yeah. right there. You're on a train with mythics i've noticed yeah i usually end up choosing a lot of mythics and hidden gems i've noticed but it's because they're so cool but anyway having gold lich is really really great the only downside of this card is the whole taking activated abilities thing i have pretty much never had that be a thing with this card i've never gotten a useful activated ability mostly because i'm casting giant fatties out of people's graveyards because why not well the one thing that's really good about this is like this is a clone but just for effects. So it's like an inverse duplicate. Yeah. So for that yeah, effect, you can go ahead and make it so where something's like when this does damage to a player, it does something. It has trample, but it's only like a 1-1 one, one or a 2-2. Two, two. This That's will true. still be a 4-4. Four, four. So you can use that to your advantage, and I would personally want to use that to your my advantage. Mm -hmm. Again, you don't know what your opponents are going to have, but you could run cards like that in your deck to make it so that that is a huge advantage. Mm -hmm. And it, like you're saying with the activated abilities, yeah, ETBs, this thing will just be the same thing inherently with the same effect over and over again. But if you get something with a really great tap effect, or like, um, I mean, what, Mother of Runes? You yeah. go ahead, you take that from them. That's really powerful, because you now have two creatures that can protect each other now, and then keep it going. It only lasts one turn, but still, yeah, not not bad. Not bad so, at all. Yeah, the only and the only thing with this is, I would probably not use this card. I actually cut this out long ago from my Sadisi deck because I would just, well, one, you'd rather have the Scarab God, but that's beside the point. But also the fact that I don't really believe in running this card unless your deck is actively focused on taking from other people. Because if you're just focused on your own graveyard, there are like a million better, more efficient ways you can yeah. get your own creatures You, you back. can do it uh, for a lower mana cost for yeah. one. But yeah, if you're going for five color, and I think Send Triplets would be a great example of that. Because mm. it's in those colors. It is a wizard, even though that isn't artifact wizard not a zombie yeah. <laughs> wizard but it, it just yeah it's got good flavor i've never actually seen that card i've never actually seen it played on me either i would love to see that i actually might even use it for my sun triplets i'm not hey, sure go ahead i have like three of them hey, take a pick hey, <laughs> this is a good episode we're shooting now yeah. now uh, moving on to number two i'm gonna move on to a card that's gonna make kyle twitch uh <laughs> it is called alpha brawl this is a red sorcery that has a whopping 8 mana cost, 6 generic, and double red. And it reads, target creature an opponent controls deals damage equal to its power to each other creature that player controls. Then, each of those creatures deal damage equal to its power to that creature. So, so it's a board wipe. It's a board wipe in red on one player. So it's kind of like an Ingaric's Wake, in, as a sense. And the reason mm. I like it... Now, you're going to say Blasphemous Act, and Blasphemous Act is without a doubt, the best board wipe in red. And Chain Reaction, I'd say, is probably the second best board wipe in red. Pretty much, yeah. Now, the reason this one's good is this is more than just a board wipe. This can also give you game in the same fact that those can. 
If you have repercussion on the field, this can go ahead and take that out. If you have any form of dam damage doubling, which Red has <laughs> in pairs. I didn't even think about repercussion. This, this goes ahead and does it. Repercussion can go ahead and effectively take one player out. Now, again, if Basically. you have repercussion out, you don't want Blasphemous Act because no. you can kill yourself. I've done that before. It's not Or it ties the game and people are like, let's, yeah. like, that was lame. <laughs> like, what, nothing even happened, yeah. really, inherently. But this can inherently just totally murder one player. And, in yeah. fact, this game should just, it should just say, murder player if repercussions <laughs> on the field and again it depends on what they have if they have a whole big token army this wipes that out if they just have one big guy and another big guy this wipes that out too it, it's just different you don't really hear of big red board wipes usually it's all damage based in the fact where it's like this is three damage or this is two or whatever it keeps the red flare of just it is damage based but the mm -hmm. variable change it's, it changes perfectly for what you want because at this point in the game, how big are the creatures going to be for eight mana? Yeah, but I don't know. I, I, I think it's interesting for sure, but there, there's just way too many situations where I would rather not have a situational card like this and it might not do anything, you know? I, but I, this I can know. be cheated out. This can be utilized as a win con. It's not just a board wipe. It could be a potential win con. So it, it does something more that Wrath of God doesn't. Yeah, I suppose so. So, it's interesting. I don't know that I'd ever use it, but I don't. I don't know if I can really fault you. I'm for not sold using on it being as like a red staple. I'm not saying that by anything. But if you are an effect damage kind of deck, you'd want this. Yeah, also, eight man is a it's a freaking lot for something like this. It really is. I mean, let's just go ahead. We'll say we're using the Snowlands. We're using the Lens. All right, we can get there pretty quick. Also, you got Seed Song, Mana Geyser. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I'm not going to completely. It's just something it off. I just have never seen as a red board wipe, honestly. That's no, no, no fans or butts, but that's it. But mm -hmm. all right, you're number two, Kyle. What's better than this? I am. Well, going on to number two, this is probably the best land in the set, in my opinion. Vault of the Archangel. Yes, this yeah, card is all right, wonderful. All right, you, yeah. this is better. <laughs> well, this costs, first of all, it's a specialty land that just taps for one generic colorless, which is fine. But the additional ability is for tapping two, a black, and a white for four total. Creatures you control gain death touch and lifelink until the end of the turn. Now, that is a really nice, potent combination. And for four mana, for all your creatures, I'd say that's a bargain. Yeah, it's really good. There's a whole cycle of these lands that work for the tribes. Hmm. I didn't choose them just because I thought they were a little bit more on the well-known side. That's why I went for Haunted Fengraph, mm -hmm. uh, which was in part one. But this is great. This, this is just like literally what you I was saying. This is a board wipe inherently. I if mean, they attack and go wide. Yeah, I mean, it's good It's good offensively because nobody will want to block your creatures. It's good defensively because nobody will want to attack you. And that's just the death touch. The lifelink is just icing on the cake where if you're way behind, this can pull you ahead. If you're ahead, or give you game. this gives you even more, you know, this gets, puts you even more ahead. It, this is definitely the, the best land in this entire cycle. Well, and there's so many cards that you see in Commander where it's like, all right, if your life is a little bit over this, or you pay this much life, you could totally take a player out. And mm -hmm. black and white are all about that. What, what is that guild called again? I always forget. Orzhov. Orzhov. Yeah, yeah. Orzhov combination is literally all about you lose life, I'll gain life. It's all about right. debt and payment. But you don't normally see Orzhov doing a whole lot of aggro, so usually you see them combined with, like, maybe combined with red or something like that to have a little bit more aggressive uh, power. No, you got spear tokens, you got zombie tokens. But you could, you, you could. Engines. You just don't see. You just don't see it that often. But but yeah. there's one of these in every color. Like we have it in. Uh, 
blue, uh, not yeah, blue there's, black. Yeah, there's a black green one. Black green one, which is another black famous. one. Yeah, the drown yard. There's, yeah, there's a bunch of them. And they're all very good. And once they hit, people always take note. These are... I'd say almost worth more than being a rare. This That whole cycle is so versatile for what those colors yeah, do. Yeah, well, this card was worth quite a lot of money up to a certain point, so yeah. Yeah, they, they've dropped drastically. But, I mean, again, if they don't get reprinted for a while, it'll be going up. Yeah, definitely. But uh, moving on to my number one, mine's mm. not a land. Mine is actually going to be uh, another red card, and this is one... Uh, just can't help but love. <laughs> it's called Pure Heart Wolf. It has three mana for its cost, double generic and red. I say double generic a lot. It is a wolf creature with a 1-1 body. And when this card attacks, each creature you control can't be blocked this turn except by two or more creatures. Secondly, it has Undying, which we've gone over before, but once it dies, it comes back with a plus 1-1 one, one counter mm -hmm. on it. Take this in for a second. This is an uncommon that goes ahead and gives a blanket effect for all your creatures to pretty much pierce through and deal damage and if they do get blocked all the other stuff is going to go on and get hit hmm. this is a staple for a lot of things in red just for the ones that go token wide you would it's not uncommon to see this in a goblin deck just for being able to go ahead yeah. and make it so that they can go ahead and get through alesha who smiles at death this is another staple for it because it pulls it back from the graveyard and makes it so that that creature and alesha are now attacking so with the other player who's getting attacks like oh i am not nervous well they get a little bit more yeah this i almost put this card on my list but the only reason i left it off was because i thought the focus where it's good was just too narrow even for me to justify however uh. I will say I use this to great effect in my mono red Grenzo deck where giving things great menace spot. because that's that's exactly what this is gives everything menace is potentially very very good and a lot of time people scoff at the menace ability and they're like well it can only be blocked by two or more creatures that's not a big deal well, it isn't until you actually see it in action. There's a 10 creatures attacking you, and they all, they all need to be blocked by two. And then you're like, oh, crap, this is real. Yeah, I only have three so, guys. This yeah. Is, this isn't working. <laughs> yeah, or they don't want to block you because they have some right. other effect. It, it's just so good. Even though it's a 1-1, one, one, again, if it dies, it comes back as a 2-2, two, two, which is great. It's not the other way around. It doesn't mm -hmm. die as a 2-2 two, two and come back as a 1-1, one, one, which I think is almost gives a little bit more value. Oh, yeah, undying is kind of... It's a very think about it, It's effect. kind of a broken effect, but whatever. <laughs> but it's three mana. It's good at any point in the game. Early, mid, late, if you're behind, mm -hmm. if you're ahead. It, it's just so well-costed, and it's like almost having like Old Faithful. It's Balto. Look at the card. It literally <laughs> is Balto on the card. It's giving you that pierce and be like, yeah, I, I got this. It is pretty solid. I think in a, a lot of times this can seem weak and situational, but in the right deck, red, go-wide, token-based deck, this is exactly what you need or for it to be powerful. any tribe that's using red, honestly. Like, you throw it in Boros. Boros is all about its attacks. Mm. All right, this is only helps. Go into, well, not blue-red, because blue-red doesn't do that, but Gruul. Gruel would yeah, love this that too. Works too. Get the big guys to swing on in. They they have to double block it, but they're losing two creatures now. They can't weather that storm. It yeah. just it's just such a good card. It's you don't see it played too often. It's in niche decks, but it really could be played mm -hmm. more. I think it could for sure. But now my next card. I mean, I feel like this is not going to be any surprise to anyone who really plays this game. I know but... you. I think I know what it is. I saw it. I was like, I didn't choose it just so you could choose it. Yeah. Actually, I almost <laughs> chose it so it'd be number ten, just so you couldn't. Really? Say it. Oh, I wouldn't do that to you yet. 
All right, so getting on with it. Number one for me is also a red card. You'll definitely recognize it. Who am I kidding? Does it Faceless cost, looting. Yeah, it costs one mana to go with it. It All costs right, yeah. one mana. It's a sorcery, and like I said, red sorcery that costs one mana. And it's very simple. Draw two cards, discard two cards. Also, flashback three. This is pretty much hands down the best card in the set, and you cannot argue that with me. I could, but I I know why it's good, so I won't. Because it's like this is just one of those cards. If I am playing red, no matter where, if it's sixty cards, if it's commander, no matter where it is, if I am playing red, I am playing this card, and that's not even a question because red does not have very good card draw historically. This is about as good as it gets. Draw two, discard two is a pretty good ratio. You're not really You're losing your anything. Exactly. Yeah. Plus, it has flashback. You can do this again. This is this is absolutely the best draw Red has ever gotten. Yeah, it, you think about it and you're like, all right, why do I want to lose two uh, if you've just gotten into magic? Honestly, optimizing your hand, even if you're losing something, you're like, this is good, but if I can't use it, it how good is it? So yeah. taking out stuff that's just kind of dead it's trimming the fat pretty much mm -hmm. and i've had many times where i've been like all right i i have two lands in my hand i play one for turn next turn i draw another land i'm like i'm dumping these i let me just go ahead i'll pay the cost i have all this mana it's late in the game let me draw two cards and it can be something that's game changing or at that point i'm like there's nothing else i can do anymore as I, you, you said accept your fate yeah as you said with the wolf this is good at pretty much any point in the game, really. It can turn things around for you in a big way. The yes. only the only time this kind of sucks is if you have only two cards in your hand, so then you're not getting to keep anything. It will, well, no cards in your hand, I suppose. So then if you draw two, discard two, it doesn't really do anything. But you're not even keep taking into account the decks that want actively to discard their cards to the graveyard. Madness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So many different things. And it took like it took like more than five years for this card to catch on competitively, but it finally has. And now it's everybody and their brother is playing this in competitive magic. So what about their sisters? <laughs> them too, probably. Oh. But yeah, it's it it took a while for it to catch on. But now it's a staple of the modern format and even older formats, and you can tell why. It's just good, and I don't know why it took. It's this good long. value, good value across the board. Mana cost, versatility, hand advantage, graveyard advantage. Yeah, it's yeah. I, do I, your, I know if it. you're even if you're any like if you're a budget player, do yourself a favor and pick up about eight of these because it won't cost you any you money at four. all. You only need four of them. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on how many decks you want to build, but but still, That's pick fair. yourself up as about as many of these as you can because it will cost you nothing, and you will always be happy that you have it, <laughs> pretty much. I agree. Well, maybe not eight, but I'll agree a little <laughs> bit. But uh, that is going to conclude the finale of our Hidden Gems from Dark Ascension. Yes. And be sure to let us know what you think. You can reach out to us at, remember, our new name is The Card Pool on our social media. It's going to be at Reddit, Tapped Out, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of them. You can also always email us the old school way at MTG The Card Pool. We kept that one the same. I have to update that one. We'll see. But until then, I'm Stu. And I'm Kyle. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you next time at The Card Pool. Pool.